It's we got a great gorgeous. view of the golf course. A bunch of high school kids out here uh, playing hooky, playing golf today. Yeah, we are right off Arapahoe Road at Saddle Rock Golf Course, uh, which is one of my favorite golf courses in the whole area. It's, it's kind of my home course. I live two miles from here. I'm here all the time. Um, and the course is in great shape, and we had a, we're, we're kind of perched up mm. uh, uh, by the clubhouse and overlooking the youngsters work on their short game and uh, big old driving range. Uh, really one huge, of the biggest, yeah, one huge of the, driving range, yeah, one of the biggest around. Uh, so we're going to be here until two o'clock at Saddle Rock, uh, spectacular championship golf course, incredible views. Come by, say hello, get some lunch. We're going to do that here for ourselves shortly. Uh, but I already know what I'm getting. I'm getting what you got last time. Yeah, yeah. That, you, you, you're doing the Rock and Roll Brian yes. to me. Yes, yes. yes. Copy yes. my order. Yes, I can't wait for that. I got the smoke tri-tip last time. Phenomenal, but I couldn't take my eyes off your meal, so I'm going to try that today. Um, but it, it's it's been a crazy 24 hours in Broncos country um, trying to keep up with the fluidity of the roster roulette yeah. of, of, a, of an NFL team these last 24 hours, and maybe the next 24 hours, has been uh, pretty wild to follow along with Stoke. It really has. And, you know, we all try to predict a 53. But um, it always uh, ends up being crazier than we ever thought. Yeah. Because you're picking up players from other teams. You have to figure out with your team, if you're George Payton and Sean Payton, okay, who can we cut that we want to be a part of our 53-man roster and be able to get back? Right. So... Now we can put a couple guys on short-term IR. Those guys have to start on the roster. And so that's what you're trying to do, manipulate things and guess and, and judge and, and speculate on, you know, certain guys like a Mike Purcell. Okay, yep. hey, we know Mike's going to come back. We're gonna, we did this with him last year. Yep. So now we can cut him, and now we can keep, um, I don't know, name a player that's going to be going on short-term IR that we know of. Uh, yeah, fill in the blank. Yeah, whatever. fill in the blank. Whoever, and and now that guy can go on short term IR, and then in a couple of days or or today we can bring back Mike Purcell, and everything is good. So that's what you see and see uh, happening right now. And they're still evaluating other players uh, from other teams that's right. that got released. That's and, right. And so a lot going on, exciting. Uh, so it, it's not done yet. No, it's not. It's not. And there are uh, a handful of names. Well, really, over a thousand names spilling onto the street yesterday. But really, like twenty to thirty names that we know here in Broncos country. Whether it's a former Bronco like Bradley Roby was released yesterday. Uh, whether it's a you know a Trevor Simeon, he was released yesterday. But there's also a slew of other guys that we would know that we say, huh, could. Cole Beasley be a potential fit here in Denver. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but it is um, a, a wild 24-hour period to keep up with. 
Let's go over some of the news uh, and notes here of the day. It was Jeremy Fowler who first reported that free agent wide receiver Philip Dorsett was planning to sign with the Denver Broncos of a former first-round pick that reunites with Russell Wilson for their stint together in Seattle. I don't know how much they were actually together, not actually much at all. Uh, he was on IR when Russ was yeah. there and played a little bit with Geno. I, I, I don't think Russ actually threw him a pass. That's you know, not, not necessarily accurate, but it sounds like, according to Cliss on the heels of that report, Dorsett will sign with the Broncos, but it will be to the practice squad. Stoke, former first-round pick, um, speed guy. Uh, we'll see where he fits in here in Denver. Yeah, a guy that's uh, you know never quite lived up to the expectations. Right. First-round pick that, you know, you can't think of a play that he's made, no. right? And so... All right, you know, you just add to the practice squad, I guess. That's fine. Uh, he's not going to be on the active roster right away. Get him a chance to learn the offense and see if he can he can help out. But he, he, you nailed it. You know, he's a speed guy. He's not a big receiver. I think he's a shorter receiver. Yeah, but, 5'10". Um, and so, you know, the Patriots were, were hoping he would, you know, be that starting speed guy for them. Just never was. And now he's just kind of been bouncing around. So I'm really not expecting – a whole lot from Philip Dorsett this year. Yeah. That hasn't changed, like, my view of this offense. Like, it's making me more excited not. or anything like that. Absolutely not. Just a guy that they signed to the practice squad that I'm not expecting to see much of this year. Yeah, this is a guy who's been on, like, five teams in the last five years. Uh, so I, I saw some folks say, hey, you know, Broncos solidify the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Ah, let's, mm-hmm. you know, slow down a little bit on that. Um, but for what it's worth, former 29th overall pick coming out of the U down there in Miami, drafted by Indianapolis, won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. You just referenced them in passing. And then it's just kind of bounce around since then. Seattle, Jacksonville, back to Seattle, Houston, Raiders practice squad, now in the Broncos practice squad. So we'll see how it ages here uh, over the next uh, handful of months for Philip Dorsett. Yesterday, um, we were talking about Lil Jordan Humphrey uh, making this roster. He was eventually waived. Marquez Callaway waived. Uh, Mike Purcell released. Quinn Bailey waived. You know, which of those guys find their way back onto the Broncos roster? We may be finding out uh, before we get off the air here today. Yeah, I expect one of those receivers to find their way back on the roster, whether it be, you know, Lil Jordan or Marquez Callaway, and I'm still sticking with Lil Jordan. You are? Yeah, I'm still going with him, but who knows? um, Maybe they both end up back on the roster. Maybe one ends up on the roster, one ends up on the practice squad, something like that. So we'll see, but... The receiver position right now, what, it's only four guys? I think, yeah, yeah four, four guys. That's including Judy, he, who may not be right. ready to go at the start of the season. You're looking at Cortland Sutton, uh, Marvin Mims, and Brandon Johnson. Yeah, so I, I look at uh, Humphrey and Callaway, and I say, well, they're expecting one of those guys to come back. Yeah. It's just a roster roulette type of move, and uh, one of those guys is going to be back on the active roster here pretty soon. But you're not going to go into a game with – you know, three wide receivers. Right. You're just not going to do that. No, of course. Uh, so, uh, Judy's, you know, status is up in the air. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that, but you're, you're going to need to add more depth, and it's going to be somebody that needs to know the offense, so right. it needs to be somebody that's here. That's right. And you're not expecting both those guys to be claimed by a, a team. So... I, I think we'll, we'll see a move there with one of them added to the roster here soon. And speaking of Judy, there was a little nugget just dropped by Adam Schefter on his podcast that we'll play for you here shortly that sort of has, um, you know, me, uh, I'm already a little bit nervous on Jerry Judy's timeline. Yeah. Adam Schefter didn't help. And we'll play that for you here a little bit later this hour. But I might be disagreeing with Adam Schefter here. Okay. 
How's that worked uh, out for you in the past? Oh for one. <laughs> oh for one. We're live from Saddle Rock Golf Course uh, here right off Arapahoe Road. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock. I'll uh, be plugging you in on what you need to know about one of my favorite courses in the Metro here throughout the afternoon. But in the meantime, Mr. Stokely, what was Sean Payton saying after his first roster cut down with the Denver Broncos? We'll hear from the head coach and react to him coming up next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. What was Sean Payton saying yesterday after his first roster cut down with the Denver Broncos? Did you hear any of this, Stoke? Um, I heard just a snippet. Okay. Just a little bit uh, after the show yesterday. Okay. Uh, driving to go play golf. Okay. So so I was thinking of you because I was wondering when they went to it, I said, is Sean Payton going to have one of his signature moments with a media member? And it feels like it's a vitamin. One a day, Sean Payton. Will I think have, I heard it. Did you? I think I heard it. They were talking about the um, uh, the, the quarterback situation. Correct. Right? Yes, Correct. I heard it. I was like, and I'm like, there he goes. He checked yes. that box yep. today. He's like, do you do you, do you know what it is? Because do you need him to help you? We'll get to that piece of audio in here in just a second. Um, as we, We've been Gotta having fun it. with Sean Payton's press conferences. You, Sean Payton's press conferences are a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You just don't. You just don't know. Um, looking at um, looking at uh, uh, Sean yesterday, and Kisser, we'll start with j- just just a cut one on the Albert O trade uh, and what they got in return. So much conversation uh, about that yesterday, and I think by the end of the day, after talking it out, like I think you know. I know there were some, some folks upset. James, you know, was upset. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, once you really talk it out, it kind of, you know, I said to see yesterday after we talked about it for maybe a second or third time, like, it's not that hard of a story to follow. No. No, it's really not. Um, and we went through it yesterday, and it just makes sense. You know, he's... I just hate to just continue to bash Albert O for two straight days, but no, you know, he's, he's, he's a lower-end NFL tight end. Yeah. Right? Um, he doesn't do anything special. He blocks awful. And, you know, so, like, you're just ready to move on. You, you know, those guys are everywhere. We'll have Albert O's next year and the year after. And so, at some point, you just move on. Let's take a look at some younger guys. And we got other um, talented tight ends that, that are going to play in front of him. He doesn't play special teams. So, it's uh, there. You go. Um, there's a story. Really, there's a pretty story. simple. There's a story. Here's Sean Payton about that topic yesterday. Yeah, um, he was, and in, in, you know, it's basically a pick flop. In in 25, we get six from the Eagles. They get our seventh. Pretty 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 ordinary at this time of the process. Teams like Philly, maybe that aren't in a claiming position, that. Um, they would be able to get the player. Um, they go ahead and make a trade for the player. So pretty formulaic. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's 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 really just like a math equation. We get their six. We're going to send them Alberto and our seventh pick. Uh, Broncos are probably in a better off position today than yesterday in just that regard. Um, well, I mean, look, I mean, that's they, they got hardly nothing, right? You know? Yeah. So that just tells you his value across the league. Now, the Eagles wanted to jump in front of anybody else that, that um, was going to be able to claim him, you know, on the waiver wire because they were late in the claim process. Uh, but, 
you know, I mean, they gave up really nothing, yeah. you know, to, to get him. So there was nobody in front of them that said, oh, no, no, let, let, let us give up a fifth-round pick. But no. And, I mean, so uh, that tells the story right there, really. You know, it's, yeah. it, it takes us out of the equation, like in, in our analysis of, the, of Albert O, and it, all the other 31 teams out there, that's what he went for. Yeah, that's it. That's it, it, and and in this league, um, the money will tell you the story. Yes, and the trade compensation will tell you the story. So that's right there, you go. Um, Albert O over under one and a half touchdowns in twenty twenty three with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I would have to say under. Um, what would lead me to believe over? Has he ever had two in his career? Yes, he had two uh, two seasons ago. New place, Phil, but fit, but Philly explosive offense. Yeah, no, new place, uh, but they have Dallas Goddard as as their their main guy. Um, you know, I honestly, I, I'm not expecting them to be with Philly all year. So. Okay, okay, that's where we're at. Yeah, all right. Um, here, I think sh- they're going to take a look at him and say you can't block. Um, okay, you're average, you know, pass receiving tight end. We just we don't have room for you. I just think that that's the way it's going to play out, unfortunately. Hopefully I'm wrong because I like Alberto, uh, but that's the way I see it playing out. All right, well, we'll kind of follow that from afar. This is not one of these big, you know, important ones. Like, you didn't take Devin Bush at 10. Right. We're going to follow. You know, we'll just kind of follow yeah. it from afar. And if he, if, if he does stuff that earns our attention, we'll circle back to it. Um, here's Sean Payton What yesterday. do you think? Over, under, one and a half, Alberto. Over. Scores two touchdowns for Philly this year. You want that action? You about that action? Huh? Nope. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, We've talked enough about Alberto yeah. the last, you know, yes. two days, yes. three days here. It Let, doesn't need to go into right. the season. Yes, exactly. I don't want to keep watching. I don't want to be on the Alberto touchdown watch all year. So. Right. Albert O touchdown watch. <laughs> all right, here's Sean Payton uh, having a, an exchange uh, with a media member yesterday. You know, they cut Ben DiNucci. They, they cut Ben DiNucci. Now, we found out in the last hour or so, Ben DiNucci's coming back on the Denver Broncos practice squad. But there's a new rule about the third quarterback and what happened last year in the San Francisco 49ers playoff game where they didn't have anyone that could throw, and it was just a bad look for the league in that moment on that type of stage. And uh, Peyton was fielding a question about keeping three quarterbacks, and this was the exchange uh, with one of our local media members. Uh, your thoughts on uh, keeping just two quarterbacks? Yeah. Um, Especially with the new rule. Yeah, but do you understand the new rule? Well, I've read about it, but you... Let me help you. <laughs> Let me enlighten you. Um, I think there were a lot of people that felt like if the new rule said, hey, you can bring a third up off your practice squad on game day, that would have possibly been a good solution. The new rule basically says if you keep a third on your active, you can bring him up free. Um, So what you had in Philadelphia versus San Francisco was like a once in call it every four-year occurrence. And so we're going to – and, look, we we like, you know, the two guys that are on the roster, and and we think that uh, we're going to have a good practice squad quarterback. That's the approach we're going to take. Now, there's some teams that will keep a third on their active, so it's just really your decision how you want to handle your 53. Um, so the, the new rule still requires you to keep a third – on your 53. 
Um, I'll be anxious to see, you know, call it a week from now, how many teams have three on their 53. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few, but we'll, we'll have a third, though, in the building. All right, so he, he said a lot let there. Let me enlighten you. Yeah, that was, that was, let me help you. Let me enlighten you. Um, he's, he's a character. But, but, but seriously, I still need a little bit more help. I know he said he would enlighten, yeah. but it's it's still a little bit convoluted for me. Yeah. So so you keep two quarterbacks on your roster, yep. but you're required to have a third on your game day roster. But you're not required. You're not required. No, you're not required. Um, it, okay, let, let me try to make it simple. Uh, let me try to enlighten me. Yes, uh, which I probably won't be able to do uh, because I'll probably screw it up. Okay. And, and it's tough to enlighten you. Um, so... From what I gathered, Zach, um, like if you want to have that third quarterback on game day, right, that doesn't count against your 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 forty seven guys that you're dressing out, that guy has to be on the active roster. He has to be on the fifty three man roster. You can't bring him up from the practice squad like on Saturday. He has to be on the fifty three man roster. I guess maybe on the start of the week or something like that. Okay, okay. so he is okay. And then so if that's the if that's the case, um then now you can have a third quarterback that doesn't count for your game day dressed. Like your forty six yes. man yes. game day roster. Exactly. That's the I way gotcha. that I took it. I don't really know and to be honest, Zach, I don't really care. You know, uh, I don't think we're going to be getting to that situation. And if we do, you know, it's we're, we're not going to win that football game probably. Yeah. So it's um, it doesn't happen a whole lot where where you lose both your you know your, your first string guy and your second string guy. Uh, and you know the Broncos are. I I I like the way that they're approaching this. We don't have. We didn't. Ben DiNucci didn't deserve to be on. The fifty-three man roster. We got a lot of other guys that were um, w- more deserving that are going to help this football team out. And if it becomes that situation where your first two guys get hurt, okay, you know what? Then the following week, but Danucci can be your starting quarterback, and you just you just do what you got to do in that game to try to you know manage um, your football team at that point. So, how often does it happen? Not very often, right? No. No, not very often. Um, and I think he even alluded to it. Like That's like a once-in-every-four-year scenario yes, where right. you, you need something like this. Um, okay. What, uh, what do you make of that? Did that kind of um, help? And, and also the thing is like – It did help. Your, okay, your, yours. Okay. His did not, okay. I have to say. It was just well, like – A little bit better. Kind of pl- it was kind of plotting and – A little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better at, at explaining things um, than, than Sean is. Uh, but and, – and the other rule that I did read, because um, I do read every now and then, uh, uh, is – so if that third that – third quarterback can't play unless the first two guys get hurt so, so it's not like you, you guys suck have today a, right yes they and, and the nfl will ask for uh medical records they will interview the trainers like they okay. are not playing around this okay. isn't one of those things you where like you can put, it up right where you can put like um like you said your first two guys aren't doing anything oh let's take a look at our our young quarterback back here and give him some reps no 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 you can't do that or uh, or how about this scenario there's two games left in the season, and we want to lose them both. You know, and and you guys aren't going to play. We're going to play. This guy gives us a better chance of losing well, for a better draft that. pick. You can still do that. Oh, coming into the week, you're right. saying like in, yes, in the in moment, the game. Got in you. the game, you have to designate who that third guy is. Okay, okay, makes okay. sense. And then, makes sense. And now that guy, the only way he can play is if the first two guys get injured yep. and can't come back into the game. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Right. It's a it's a kind of new territory. New territory. Uh, what grade do you give me? 
Uh, a, a minus. Okay. okay. A minus, yeah. Ooh. All right. Uh, we are live at Saddle Rock Golf Course right off Arapahoe Road, a championship golf course, incredible views of Pikes Peak and the Rockies. That Golf Digest ranked as a top 10 new course and was a host of the Colorado Open. They have elevation changes on the front nine and uh, multiple creek crossings on the back nine offer a unique and compelling golf experience. I love You'll playing. find a bunch of Zach's balls in those creek crossings. <laughs> hey, and shout out the guys in the kitchen here who put, oh my goodness. put a, a bunch of ice in a bag. Like a like a two-gallon yeah. Ziploc yes, bag. Yes, yes, and, and, it, and it's nothing but ice, and it says, uh, it's it's from the fellas back there, uh, Nick, and, and it says, uh, for Zach's baby hamstring. Yes, got to keep that thing iced up. Unbelievable. That's how you know they're true <laughs> listeners of the show. All right. Love um, it. Interesting conversation we're about to uh, uh, dive into. The best NFL offenses have a specific hallmark that translates into being a playoff team. Will the Broncos have that characteristic this season? We'll fill you in and react to the math coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. The best NFL offenses have a specific hallmark that translates to being a playoff team. Will the Broncos have that characteristic this season? Stoke, what do you think I'm talking about when I say the best NFL offenses have a specific hallmark that translates to being a winning team, a playoff team? Wow. Uh, I, you know, I went to, like, running game, and then I went to uh, a mobile quarterback. Um, uh, I... I I think I'm going to lean more towards a a great passing game. Mm. That that's where I'm going to go to uh, a great passing game, or you know maybe a, a, a top ten quarterback, something like that. What 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 is it though? But you got me intrigued. Yeah. So there's there's so many different ways. I, I, I'm always curious where your mind yeah. goes. You know, when I say something like this, and then that oftentimes leads to leads to an offshoot conversation of its own because uh, I'm casting a pretty wide net here. Um, what I'm talking about, and I follow a guy uh, on Twitter that you should too. He's a professional gambler. He's a football guy. His name's Warren Sharp. And you'll see his stuff. He'll accumulate stats, and you can follow him on Twitter at Sharp Football. And what I'm talking about is explosive plays. An explosive play defined by 15 yards or more. Any play of 15 yards or more. Did you realize that all eight of the most explosive offenses made the playoffs last year. Eight for eight. Of the bottom eight, only one made the playoffs. And if you were to think in your own mind's eye, like who were those teams that were the most explosive offenses, the the percentage of plays that generated plays of 15 yards or more, it was the Bills, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Eagles, the Jags, Vikings, all playoff teams. And some of the worst teams in the league, have the least explosive plays. Not not that hard of a story to follow. But th- this is what blew my mind that I want to um, uh, take a dive into and try to see if we can draw a line between this stat and the Broncos. Drives without an explosive play. This is over the last three years, Stoke. Okay. Any drive without an explosive play, 15 yards or more, scored a touchdown just 2% of the time. 2% of the time. 
Meanwhile, drives with even one explosive play, 15 yards or more, are 10 times more likely to score a touchdown. This is a this is a modern NFL that is not we're going to go, you know, 7 yards, 11 yards, 3 yards, 4 yards, 9 yards again. You are in the most literal sense 10 times more likely to score a touchdown if you have one single play of 15 yards or more. Yeah, and we've seen that here, like you said. I mean, the problem is, and, and the hard thing is, and, and the stats are, are great, right, because that backs up what we've been talking about. It's hard to have 12, 15-play drives, right? Right. It's just hard to do. Why? Because you're gonna somebody's going to screw something up. You're going to get a penalty. You're going to get, um, you know, something bad's going to happen. A sack, something bad will happen to you. And so you need those explosive plays. So you're not trying to have these 10, 12, 15 play drives, right? And and so that, I mean, that, that makes sense. And we've lived that. Yes. We've lived it. Yes. Uh, we've seen this Broncos offense way too many times, you know, uh, seventh or eighth play of the drive, what happens? You know, they're just plodding down the football field, yep. and there it is. You know, Garrett Bowles holding. A sack. Something bad will happen, and then now you're punting the football. So I like that stat. That stat makes a lot of sense. Now you just got to figure out how to make explosive plays. Everybody's trying to make explosive of plays, course, right? Of course. Everyone's trying to do that. It makes life a lot easier offensively when, you know, you have a 20-yard completion on a drive. Um, but it's it's easier said than done, obviously. Yeah. Do the Broncos have the personnel right now? Do they have the personnel on paper that strikes you as an explosive offense? No. No. I mean, I, I just – that doesn't mean that, you know, they can't be successful. But, of you know, course not. No one's scared of the Broncos offense. No one's like, oh, my gosh, we're playing the Broncos offense this week. Going into the season, now that could change. It could. Right? It that, could. That, that could definitely change. Uh, but right now, um, I don't think anyone, you know – uh, is is losing sleep over the Broncos, you know, offensive weapons. I mean, yeah. you look at around the league, like we're here, and so you you know, sometimes we over put put overvalue overvalue. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Overvalue some of these guys, but you know, hey, how about Philly's offensive weapons? Right. How about you know maybe like the Cowboys' offensive weapons? Yep. And I mean, the list goes on. I mean, there's this is the NFL, so there's talented players everywhere, but certainly the Broncos. Um, aren't putting the fear in defensive coordinators. Yeah, I'm curious, <clears throat> you know, uh, what at the end of the season, uh, if, if it lines up like this again, um, where all eight of the most explosive teams in the league make the playoffs, seven of the eight bottom explosive teams miss the playoffs. Like, that's a pretty strong correlation. And what does that lead to when you don't have explosive plays? Long field goals. Did you realize that last season the Broncos attempted 13, Team field goals from 50 yards or more. That was the second most in the entire league next to Baltimore, who only had one more attempt of 50 yards or more. And obviously they're missing their quarterback for you know big chunk of the season. But 13 field goals, that means almost once on average every Sunday, you're trying to kick a freaking bomb. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not ideal, you know. Um, obviously sometimes it plays out that way. Uh, but I think overall, it's very telling. Need more explosive plays and uh, at the end of the day, if you have those, at least you're kicking shorter field goals. Well, guess what? Your percentage is going up. Right. The NFL is a field goal um, a game, you know, type of league. Like, it is. It's it a three-point league. And, yep. and so if you can shorten those field goals up, now maybe, you know, your kicker, uh, his percentage goes up, obviously, just like anything else. Um, and I got some thoughts on, on, on old Lutzi. 
Sure. Yeah. Okay. He's 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 on the schedule. He's on the schedule he's again. Good. He's good. on the schedule. Good. Um, yeah, because I I got some good thoughts on that. That uh, my oldest, I was talking on on the phone last night, brought up, and I was like, I didn't think about that. So I think it's. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has talked about that. So it's going to be. Uh, I want I want to get your reaction Perfect. to it and see how you you uh, think about uh, that also. Perfect. That forward tease. Uh, we yes. will get to that and with with some comments from both Sean Payne and George Payne here. Uh, in a little bit. But here, Stoke, in the meantime, the Coach Prime era begins in three days. And I'm ready to give my official Uh-oh. prediction. You're ready to make people mad. For the CU Buffs in oh, 2023. Oh. Hang tight. It's coming up next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. The Coach Prime era begins in three days. We heard from Coach Prime yesterday. You'll hear from him in just a second. Uh, but I think, Stoke, after um, dwelling on this for quite a while, right, at least um, the past month or so, figuring out what I, what I wanted to do uh, when it comes to the over-under win total for the CU Buffs. This is, a, um, this is a total that we were all over a year ago. And I know I made some people upset, but uh, I did my you know, your, uh, video on Twitter um, and said, hey, this is going to be one of the worst college football teams in the country. Even though their win total is two and a half, I'm going under. And it made some people upset. I had people literally laughing at me. All good. No one ever came back to apologize. They didn't. No worries. That's the name. That's that's the game, right? We cashed. We cashed. I listened to you. Uh, we hit both of our uh, future college over uh, over unders here. Yes. Oh, Air Force over eight and a half. Oh, uh, shout out to Nova uh, and uh, and and. Um, uh, Troy Calhoun down there, yes, head coach yes. at uh, Air Force, yes. um, who covered the last game of the year. Uh, yep, against San Diego State to yes. get to nine wins. Yes. Yep. Uh, so this year, obviously, everything's different with CU. I mean, literally, everything's different. Every coach is different. Every single player is different. I mean, it's just it's the biggest overhaul in college football history. And after thinking about it a lot, let me just say this before people hear what they want to hear. Okay. Uh, Uh, That sounds like something negative is about to be said. I pull for CU naturally. I want them to be good. I want a really good – I would love a top 25 program in this area. Um, You've been going to CU games every year since you've been here. The only year we didn't go was the shortened COVID year uh, where they wouldn't let us in there. Um, But every year we're up there. It's a great experience. Some of my great friends here in Colorado are CU grads. And then let me additionally say – Coach Prime is the right hire for CU. I think they're going to win more games than they did a year ago, and the program's going in the right direction. But that's not what this conversation's about. Mm -mm. Can they win four games? Right. Their over-under total is three and a half, and after uh, uh, looking at the roster, uh, analyzing their opponents, they're going to be better, going in the right direction. But they're not going to win four games this season. Oh, they're not going to win four. So they're Zach. not going to win four games this You're season. You're doing it again. And I'm doing it again, and I'm just telling you what I think is the truth. <laughs> yes. I'm just telling you what I think is the truth. And here's here's where I land on it. And this is the biggest reason why. I got two huge questions with the with the program right now. Give them their props. They got blue chip guys around that football team, but they play skill positions. 
their 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 cornerback, wide receiver, or this or that. But when you look at the trenches of yeah. the football team, where games are won and lost, they are deficient in both offensive line and defensive line. Did you know CU has three total starters? Total starters, both sides of the ball. Three starters that weigh three hundred pounds. That's it. That's it. That is that is light in the britches for running the ball and stopping the run. And again, like if you're if you're if you're TCU or Nebraska, why would you why would you test Travis Hunter, uh, a future NFL cornerback, when you could just run the ball right. up for, and, and average five and a half yards a carry, which I think what we could be looking at here over the next month. Not only are they uh, uh, um, a small, just simply small on both lines, they don't have a lot of depth there. Dion was able to get these awesome recruits to play skill positions. He was not able to recruit the trenches in the way that you would want. That is the biggest question I have about this football team is the size, their light in the bridges, and the lack of depth. And then the other main question I have is, look, losses are going to stack up this year. They are not going to be a winning team this year. And how does a team that has been overhauled more than any college program in the history of the sport react from a chemistry and a culture standpoint when the chips are down? Everything is new. Are they going to you know, bind together? And, and go through the fire together and come out as a hard metal, as a, a lot of the hardest metals in the, the world go through fire, or they're going to be finger-pointing and a mercenary mindset taking over. And if I had to pick, given how the, 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 the um, approach of the program of, like, we're just going to replace everyone, it's all about, you know, Louie, 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 you, you're, 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 we thought you were real Louie, you're fake Louie, I'm going to replace you. I have questions about the morale of this group over the entirety of the season Adding all those dynamics up, I got CU under three and a half wins this season. I mean, you broke that down really nicely. Uh, a very, um, you know, uh, really good points there uh, with with the with the offensive and defensive line. You know, if you don't have the size to hold up, um, you know, it's hard to win uh, in the NFL. It's hard to win in college, right? If you can't run the ball or stop the run. Um, so I guess, you know, we'll be able to evaluate. Just because you're not 300 doesn't mean that, you know, you can't move people off the line of scrimmage or you can't stop the run. But, That's true. but obviously having some size helps, you know, clog up some of those gaps. And it's going to be interesting. It's a tall task to begin with. It is. Right? It's a tall task to do, to take that team that we saw last year and try to make it, you know, a four, five, six win team. Uh, you're playing on the Pac-12. I mean, it's a pretty good conference last yes. time I looked. Yes. And you're playing some really good football teams. So, you know, we'll get a look at it on Saturday uh, and how it starts and what it looks like. Um, I'm hoping to see a competitive game. Yes, sir. Know? Me too. That would be a nice way to start this thing. And then I think we're going to take a really good look that following Saturday. Yes. You know, what do you look like after you had a week to play, a week to make corrections, um, and then uh, at home, Against a you know more of a coin flip type of game, um, not you're not a twenty point underdog, um, but not quite right. a coin flip either. No, yeah, I mean seven point nine point. It's, it's I saw like six and a half like okay. three weeks seven ago. Point, seven point underdog. Yeah. Underdog, folks. yes, like yes. They're not, in Boulder. Not favor. In Boulder, not favorite at home against Nebraska, right? With a new coach, and uh, they haven't been a very good program the last few no. years. Their coach got uh, canned, Scott Frost, and now yep. it's Matt Rule. So. I think that will give us, you know, another little glimpse of, of who this team can be, especially up front, right? And, and I'm glad you just brought up Nebraska and 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 uh, uh, Coach Frost there, who, if you remember last fall, I was calling Jack Frost because he wasn't going to have a job by the time the snow fell, uh, and 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 he was fired promptly. 
But how many times that Nebraska team shot themselves in the foot? You know what their record was last year? Four and eight. Four and eight, right? CU's trying to get to four wins. Yeah. You know how many of the eight losses they lost by seven points or less? Five. Five of those eight losses. And you go look, and it's like one-point loss, field goal loss. Oh, my God, you blew the game. The first thing that Matt Rule did when he took over the Nebraska program, seriously, the first thing he did before they even started practicing, he did a cut-up of every single one of those losses a year ago. They're like, you guys are right here in position to win. You just didn't know how to win. And Matt Rule is more of a known commodity at that level coaching than Dion is. So this is going to be Dion's first game coach with a big spotlight. So although although I'm excited about the direction of the program, and I do agree CU will win more games uh, than one uh, uh, that, that they put up a year ago, I just can't find the fourth win. Like you're talking about Arizona. Arizona at home is being counted by all CU fans as a win. Arizona went from a one-win team, where CU's currently coming from, to a five-win team under Jed Fish. That's now where Arizona's building from, that five wins. And I don't think people are putting enough stock into the baseline from which you're building up from. Yeah, and I think people look at the schedule, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a win, that's a win. Oh, yeah, Arizona, they're not very good. Arizona State, you know, I mean, like... You got to put a little bit more respect on these teams and realize where you were coming from last year, yeah, and where you're trying to go, and and how hard that process can be sometimes. It's just you don't just get a bunch of big names and throw them together, and then it just be like, okay, we're winning football games. Yeah, we're you know we're dominating some of these teams. That's it's it's going to be some hard fought games. You're going to have to you know like some of those games that you're looking at. You know, you're talking about like let's say Arizona State. Yeah. Okay. Because Arizona Arizona's by far in a better place right now than CU. Right? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. But hopefully we can continue to build that. But Arizona State. I mean, you're probably going to have to find a way to win a close football game. Yep. Whether you stop them, you know, with under two minutes left, or you go down and score, you know, a touchdown and get a field goal with under two minutes left to win the football game. Yep. That's what it's going to come down to. No, there's no question about it. There's no question about it. Um, and and again, um, not down on not down on CU, not down on the higher. Um, I'm down on the number. I think four is just a tick too. I can find two two wins for sure on the schedule. Uh, Colorado State at home and Stanford at home. The rest, I think they're going to be an underdog in every single game that they play. That's 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 how I'm looking at it right now. So we'll see. Um, look, you give a prediction, it's going to be right. What's your handle on Twitter? Uh, at buys there you go. Yeah, there you know, you what? Go. I'm glad you said that because I actually put out the video this morning. Okay. I oh, put did. out the video, so if oh, you want to tell me how much of a clown, I already got wow. someone tell me, hey, I'm bookmarking it and send it to freezing cold takes. Hey, I got it, but I was being laughed at a year ago. You so, were. so let's see how it all uh, ages here over the next um, five or six months up in Boulder. So, okay, uh, moving forward here, what was Broncos general manager George Payton saying about? the construction of the Broncos roster. And will this be the general manager's last cut down here in Denver? You'll hear from both George Payton and Sean Payton coming up next.